Hey guys, welcome to uh, next episode, episode two of Bean Ballers. Bean Ballers. Um, before we have a little pre-recorded intro from the first episode that I thought I fucked up the audio, but I accidentally just somehow made the speakers echo. So the audio was actually perfectly fine. Yeah, we were freaking out. We recorded for a good like 20 minutes and we had a really funny riff about uh, former United States President uh, Benjamin Harrison. Benjamin Harrison. We just thought you guys really needed that. Um, so... It did sound like we were recording inside of a tin can. It like, was. I, maybe I'll just figure out the effect. I'll put it on here a little bit, just so you can so get you the get, feeling. Just so you can get a taste. Maybe not. We'll see how see how tired I am after work tomorrow when I start editing. All right. Well, enjoy that little bit, and then we're gonna go into uh, episode two about a uh, Brazilian soccer superstar Vinicius. Was the first president who went to a baseball game? Is this real? Um, I think I'm lying, but it is a very old president. Um, old president. Yeah, like it's been around since like the Civil War to go to a baseball. Let's find out actually. We could cut this out. Cut this out. Cut this out. Oh, this post. Is great. I like yeah. Oh yes. Um. So Benjamin Harrison was the first president to okay, attend a I game. Don't think I'm familiar with that man, but. Oh, uh, Benjamin Harrison. He was the president from. Uh, in the 1890s, he went to... And this is a good thing about baseball, because, you know, everything is calculated. I can't even tell you how the game went. He went and saw the Cincinnati uh, Red Legs, I believe they were called at the time, beat the Washington Senators 7-4 to on June 6, 1892. While this is not a Benjamin Harrison podcast, he does have... One of the finer presidential beards, I'd He's say. He's got a nice look going on right now. Yeah. I can appreciate him. 23rd president. That's uh, halfway to the president that we're on right now. That's some good math right there. Thanks, you know. Yeah, next episode is going to be a math podcast. So this is where I tell Mitch about my math and about how much I like uh, Benjamin Harrison. Now. Yeah. I think he was a pretty bad hair, like president. Um, Probably. I feel like 46 out of 46 of them were, but... Yeah. Except, of course, our, you know, our Lord and Savior, Donald J. Trump... With that out of the way. Beanballers. Beanballers, baby. That's what we do around here. All right. So with that, I think we're all set. Um, what's up, Will? Welcome back. We're doing what's it. Up? We're back at it. We're back at it again. Just when I thought I was out. Pull me, me back, back in. in. I've got a... So, uh, you know, I kind of gave you a real bummer for a first episode. Yeah, kind of a depresso kind of latte handle. I've yeah. been processing it. <laughs> been thinking about Kurt Schilling all day. Mm-hmm. All week. I know. We were on the line the other day, and I was just showing you a video of him losing a perfect game, because I, I can't stop thinking about it. I, yeah, I, he's definitely just been living in my brain rent-free. I've been thinking about his cameo a lot. I can't been, wait to buy it. I watched, like, a bunch of the, like, previews of his cameos. They were fucked up. I, like, I don't know. I, well, I've got some good news and bad news. The good news is that the guy we're doing today does not have a cameo. Um, in a positive turn... He is not a Nazi uh, uniform collector. Um, that's uh, good. I think that's for the the best. But I, it's a more positive story in general. It's definitely a more it's more of a hero's tale, tragic tale, if you will. Let's go. Um, today I'm going to tell you about the most famous and beloved soccer player of all time. He's a really deeply flawed guy, but superhuman story. Kind of like. I don't know. It sounds like a made for movies, and there is a movie about it that looks oh, awful. Shit, I'm gonna okay. have to show you the trailer later. I tried to watch a little bit of it, but um, we'll get we'll get there. But um, he's kind of a national hero in Brazil. He's considered more highly than the greatest player of all time, Pelé. There, okay. Um, referring to the little bird, the Cachaça Supernova, Alegria do Povo, the People's Joy, the Angel de Pernas Tortas, the Bentley Angel, his okay. Mane Garincha. 
So mostly, this is going to be me doing really bad Portuguese. I figured if I don't have to do my Duolingo lessons, if I just do a story about a Brazilian player. Yeah, that's yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, two my birds, family, one stone. My family's going to be very mad at me. They're going to call me and be like, Mitchell, your pronunciation sucks. We should have sent you to Portuguese school as a kid, but you didn't want to. Damn. And I regret it every day, to be honest. But... <laughs> That's not, today's not about me. It's about soccer. We're going to talk about Ganesha. So, Manuel Francisco dos Santos, more commonly known as Mana Ganesha, was born in the working-class neighborhood of Pau Granji in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil in 1933. He was born with scoliosis, and one of his legs was two inches shorter than the other. Whoa. And he was also bowed inward, so like his knees would face each other as he ran. Damn. Um, doctors believed he wouldn't be able to walk or run as he grew up. His usually would be fixed pretty easily as a kid. They'll put the brace on it, kind of like Forrest Gump. Right. Like those leg braces, that's yeah. usually what it's for, I believe. Um, but, you know, Pau is like a, it's a really poor neighborhood. It's like a favela in Rio, so, like, they just don't have the medical care for that. So okay. he just grew up like that. He was really small as well. Um, his older sister would call him a little wren. Did you warble my little wren? As Tony Soprano would say. And uh, in Portuguese, that's <laughs> Ganesha, so that's where he gets his name. Okay. Um... His father was mostly absent from his life. He was a big cachaça drinker, which is a sugar cane liqueur, kind of like rum, big okay. in Brazil. Um, this is a habit he would pass down to his son. Um, but like many in Brazil, he grew up playing soccer in the streets, where he'd develop kind of his skills and kind of became a little famous. Really, like, got that street smart. Oh, he's got the street smarts. He doesn't really know, you know, all this technicality stuff, but he could play. He could dribble with his okay, uh, messed okay. up legs. Um, Around the same time, though, he began to drink really heavily when he started working long hours in a nearby factory. And while this can't be 100% confirmed, and that's a sentence you're going to hear me say a lot, there's a lot of things that have been said, and none of it can be confirmed, but it is said that uh, during this time, while working in the factory, he lost his virginity to a goat. Wow. Okay. (laughs) But, you know, there is no proof of this, but I I mean, I'm not not interested in finding proof on that, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's probably... (laughs) Better to leave just, uh, you know, just under the table. Yeah. Put that on the back burner, it's you just, know? It's like, I mean, if someone tells you that, like, yeah, first time, go. Go. And, like, they, if they say it confidently enough, and, I mean, like, if you want to look at this guy here, he looks like a confident fellow, like. Yeah, you he's, know. He's doing a cool, like. He's got the kind of. Like, the Italian hand, like, he's, like, yelling at someone. He's, like, stunat or something. Exactly. So if he told me that guy, he's like, yeah, I uh, had sex with a goat when I was 14, I'd probably believe him. I probably And I'm not going to try to find otherwise. Yeah, I think it's uh, best just leave it at that. Yeah, and despite uh, his great talent, um, he didn't really play any organized soccer until he was 18, citing he didn't really care. He like, right. had no interest in it. Um, this would also be kind of a general theme of him. He was very simple, carefree, and unambitious. He did not take the game seriously at all. He just... It was just, did it for fun, you know? Yeah. When Brazil lost the first World Cup in 1950, he found it really weird that people were bummed about it. <laughs> he uh, said that he went fishing rather than listening to the game on the radio. Hell yeah, you know? He's just like, I don't care, dude. Like, Fuck it, you know? He lost, you know? Just enjoy the game of it. I'm just, I'm just trying just to fish. He's yeah. just trying to vibe, He's you know? just, He's all about vibing. He's just about drinking, maybe having sex with goats and uh, fishing, you know? Cool yeah. guy. Kind of like a chef, you know? <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Every chef I know... Has questionable sexual activity. I mean, I yeah. Drinks too much. Yeah. And does not care. <laughs> yeah, that's like just like the triple whammy of it all. You yeah. Know? I think. It, yeah. <laughs> it's great, but um, unlike most chefs, he would eventually uh, decide to actually try and see if he's good at stuff. Reluctantly, okay. he went to trials like tryouts, stages as we call them. Okay. Yeah. yeah at yeah, uh, yeah. the big clubs in Rio de Janeiro. At 
the first one he went to Vasco da Gama, which is like one of the first big clubs. Uh, he was told he had to go home because he didn't bring any shoes. He just showed up barefoot. <laughs> He's like, you don't have any boots, you can't Fuck, play. That's so tight. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean I can't what play? What do you mean I can't play? Screw you guys, I'm out of here. And then he trained at Fluminense, which is another club, and they, he was impressed there, but he left before the end because he had to go catch a train home. Oh, Last shit. train is coming. He's like, well, I'm not staying no, here. Go. It's across town. And then he um, was done. He's like, he's already 19. He's like, I really don't even want to play. I don't know why I keep going to practice with these jerks. But he finally went because uh, one of his buddies was a former pro at this team, Botafogo, which is another one of the biggest teams okay. in Rio. And some former players saw him play, and he's like, you have to come try out. Wow. And he like like begged him and begged him, probably like bribed him with some booze, and like he eventually went. Alright, alright. Um, don't twist my life. And he already at this time, they were really excited when they heard they're like, "This is kid. He's already nineteen. He's so they don't have to like treat him as a kid. They could sign him right to the pro team if he's good enough." And during the trial, he already began history of kind of creating the most famous soccer move. You know what a nutmeg is? I don't. It is when you uh hit a ball through someone's legs and then run around them and keep dribbling. Oh shit. And again, this can be substantiated. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's something you do to really embarrass someone. It's yeah, definitely it's like, like a it's ooh, a street ball move. Like damn, yeah, that's like Yeah. Like if someone like when I played soccer, that happened to you, just you, you're like, Coach, I need to sit down, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. You're either fighting you're either, on your yeah, knees, you're either hands like in the air. Just yeah, you're like, either diving your legs into someone next tackle or yeah. you're you're like, I gotta take a break. Like, I'm done. I, my career's are ruined. Um, so allegedly, he was the first person to do this in his trial at Botafogo against the Nilton Santos, who was like the left back, like one of the main defenders for the Brazilian national team. And after that happened, Nilton went to the coach. He was like, "You have to sign him." He was oh, so embarrassed, yeah, so tight. Allegedly saying, essentially, you know, it's better we have him than we have to deal with him. I know. So he signed wow. with them, and he was already married with a kid, and he signed for his first pro contract. Um, so at 19, he had a kid. He already had, he was married, and he had a kid with a little girl from uh, Pau Grunge, and this week, he was a uh, an avid lover, we'll say. Okay. Um, and he was really good. Um, he was an immediate success at Botafogo. He would he played right wing, so he was on the right side of the attacking okay. front. Um, he was lauded. He was a big like celebrity because he was like most. He was a poor guy, and he. His physical restrictions, it was kind of just incredible that he could yeah, he play, just, and he was yeah. so good. Yeah, uh, overcame the odds. Yeah, and even, like, he, this was still in, like, the 50s. He looks like a modern player. Like, like when you look at, like, old baseball or basketball, it looks hilarious. If you watch, like, Bob Cousy, like, the first guy, like, invented dribbling a basketball well, it looks so funny. He looks like an old man you'd play at the right? park and just oh be like, I'm going to fucking destroy you. Who let, who let you in here? Yeah, like, whose grandfather is this? But, like... It still looks slow, but, like, his stepovers, like, his actual dribbling is incredible, which is, I get why people, like, brain-melted. They saw this guy with, like, legs that weren't straight just running all around Yeah, just, like, totally just, like, dunking on them. Yeah, he was incredible. He was known for uh, having a really powerful shot. He would use the outside of his foot a lot to bend it, like, to the top corners. Okay, okay. And he made people look really fucking stupid, and that was really what made him a star. Um... Another. He was a goofball. Oh, he was a. He was, he was, he was just, a real showman. He was. Uh, he liked the psychological games. Oh my god! So, um, in doing that, they he was called the Charlie Chaplin of football, which is a great another great <laughs> nickname to his collection. Yeah, and that's great. He also, during this time in playing, he changed the way people experience soccer. 
Do you, like, do you know any soccer chants by chance? I don't. I have. I. Uh, you want to give me a taste of one? So the most common one you'll hear, especially in like South America, you hear people go like "Ole, ole, ole, ole." Oh, okay, yeah, I know ole. that. Yeah. So that comes from uh, uh, what do you call it? Wow, I'm totally blanking. Uh, bullfighting. Oh, so, shit, yeah. Like, okay. when, like, they have, like, their little carp, little carpet or their cloth. Yeah. Whatever they call it. And, like, when the bull goes through, they go, ole. And yeah, right. Through. So, Ganesha was the first person who made that a thing in soccer. Because he was playing a game against River Plate, uh, which is a Argentinian team, I believe. Okay. Um, I'm probably wrong, but I'll double check that. In 1958. Fact And checks. he was defending... Uh, He's going up against this guy, Vairo, a pretty good defender, if I recall correctly, and he kept teasing him. Like, he got past him, and then he would turn around and try to dribble at him again and just, like, leave the ball and run at him and confuse him. Oh, my and, God. Like, that's so tight. Yeah, and then, like, all of the like the fans in the crowd just started yelling, ole. And allegedly, that's where it comes from. And to this Shit, day... Shit, okay. Yeah, that's pretty tight. Yeah, just, like, it's like I'm, I'm going to get the ball. I'm going to run at you. I'm going to throw it through your legs. He was just... He was a showman. He's just going to fuck around. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, though, he um didn't make it onto the uh, 1954 World Cup team for Brazil, despite being a pretty big star already. Yeah. Um, mostly due to the fact that Jolinho, who was the Brazil's best player at the time, also played right wing, and uh, Brazil would lose the quarterfinal to the Hunger, the Hungarian national team, who in this era was a super dominant team. Damn. But um, it wouldn't be long before he'd make it. Um, in 1960, they were really feeling the pressure of not winning it. You know, Brazil's always been kind of a superstar right. like country for soccer to this day, of course. Of course. And they were really feeling the pressure of failing to win one. So they were going all in. They were bringing everyone they could. Ganesha was only, like, 23 at the time, which is considered really young. They would also bring Pele, who you might have heard. He's the yeah, greatest. Yeah, familiar. Yeah. He was 17 at the time, and he would become the striker. Um, so they were really bringing in the best. Like, they were not going to fool around. All-star. Like, this is like the Avengers. Yeah, this is the of, Adventures of, of, uh, of the football. But, uh, and they would do some, the Brazilian team did some really weird things at this time for the World Cup, too. Um, the World Cup, they hired an entire hotel staff to replace the hotel staff where they were. To replace all of the women in the hotel, saying that their players do not need any distractions. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we are simply too horny. Our guys are will not be able to handle it. We need Dude, just a bunch of dudes. They can't play ball if there's a bunch of chicks around. I like, mean, if it's gonna mess up your game. If I mean, Ganesha would go on to have about thirteen kids, so you know, <laughs> they they knew yeah, what they were doing. You know, <laughs> they also gave, brought a psychologist in to make sure every player on the team was mentally prepared. Damn. Um, Ganesha's results came back for like kind of commenting on his playfulness. His aggression level was zero, and he had below average intelligence. He was judged to be obviously infantile, lacking the sense of responsibility needed for team spirit. Uh, they didn't care. He was that good. They're like, yeah, cool. There, yeah, you know, fuck it though. You're kind of nice with it. He, he, like, you're so funny. We need you on the team. We need um, you here. And him and Pele would go on to uh, really set themselves on becoming legends. They would be playing. Uh, the Soviet Union in their third match in the World Cup. And the Soviets were considered a super disciplined team, like hard-nosed, like no-nonsense team. Right. Okay, that got, checks out. Yeah. So they have a actual child in Pele up front, and uh, <laughs> Ganeshu is obviously infantile, according to a psychologist. But uh, 
the Brazilian manager Vicente Feola took a lot of heat for it. Here's a great photo of him if you want to look at him. As well. Oh shit! He looks like a sumo wrestler with I, those shorts. Yeah, he looks nice with it. He definitely certainly looks like a coach. Yeah, he looks like he probably like he had he touched the first soccer ball. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely look at that ball next. To him. <laughs> that ball though, yeah, I wish I could see. It looks like a fucking basketball. Like it's ridiculous. It's like it looks like one of those basketballs that they filled full of sand during basketball practice. Oh my you god, ever use one of those? Yeah, like a medicine ball. Yeah, then like you have to be like like no, nah, you have to try to rebound this. I'm I've like, uh, <laughs> I've kicked like an old ball like that. It feels like that too. It's like straight oh. leather. It is not fun. Damn, that's fucked up. Yeah, the fact that they were able to dribble the ball, it makes a lot more sense. I know one knew how to play when the ball was, was the ball was like mo- not aerodynamic. Was like a shaved down like boulder. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> the fucking Flintstones. Yeah, so the Flintstones soccer manager, Fayola, took a lot of uh, heat for uh, going against the Soviets with two boys as attack. But they were probably, like, the two best players in the world, so <laughs> they really ate crow Excuse on Excuse you, young men. They're like, nope, they call them two boys. They're two boys. Yeah, they're like, how dare you against the scary, big, scary I Russians. Against the fucking big, scary Soviet like 11 ubermenches they're going up against. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, they really regretted that immediately. Right from the kickoff, Ganesha got the ball, went past three players, took a shot, hit the post. Ugh. That was, like, first minute. Second minute, he crosses it. Pele hits the crossbar on a header, and they just, like, were all over them. Um, Brazil ended up winning the match 2 nothing. Hell and, yeah. And uh, that opening run was called the best three minutes of football of all time. I bet, yeah. I bet they were fucking... I couldn't find any footage from the Soviet game, unfortunately. But it was like even watching like some other stuff in the yeah, they probably uh, deleted it. They were yeah, like, they're like, oh, too this good. is uh, embarrassing for yeah. us. Yeah, Lenin was like, no, no, no. no, no I think no. he was dead by then. But he, the ghost of Vladimir Lenin's like, this. No, we can't be having. No, this. No, we can't have this. This is uh, too embarrassing. Yeah. A little fun fact: um, with both of them playing, Brazil would never lose a match in history. Damn. Okay. And they would. So of course they went on to win the entire tournament, beating Sweden two to one with Ganesha getting assists on both of the goals. He would be awarded a best eleven, so like All Star team spot for his performance, and that was really good. Like that was an incredible start for two young stars. And his career in the club was going really well. Botafogo won a few championships at this time. Damn. But he'd become essentially a god in Brazil in 1962. Um. Pele got hurt, so he had to carry uh, the offensive burden a lot more. And he'd go on to help Brazil win the entire World Cup and score four uh, four goals and assist, I think, eight more. Damn. So he became the best player in the tournament. Um, specifically, the UK press called him Stanley Matthews, Tom Finney, and a snake charmer all rolled into one when he scored an absolute insane goal against the UK. Damn, that's kind of... The first a, two are soccer players, for okay, clarification. That's what I figured. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's kind of nice with it. I yeah, just like what a what a honor. Just, wow, <laughs> it's like it's just, I don't know. Something I loved about doing the research on this is like all the very strange uh, compliments they were giving. Like he's like Charlie Chaplin and a snake charmer in the <laughs> Joker <the> time. <laughs> yeah, that's basically like Charlie Chaplin was kind of like the Joker though of like his time. <laughs> kind of like when you think about it. I mean, he did play Hitler in a movie, so I guess that is kind of like being that- a Joker. <laughs> <laughs> He's basically Phoenix is basically like the Charlie Chaplin of our generation. Oh my god, I, I don't want to think about Charlie Joaquin Phoenix anymore. Can we get Joaquin Phoenix as a guest star and get him to, only? Yeah. To, to, but can we get him as a guest star to play Charlie Chaplin on our podcast? 
that'd be playing kinda... the Joker and Hitler. At you know the same how time? annoying he'd be because like he's always like didn't he like mail shit or something when he was like getting in character as the Joker? No, that was Jared Leto. Okay, Joaquin right. Phoenix was the one who was in like the Taxi Driver adaptation of Joker. Oh yeah, Jared yeah. Leto was in the Suicide Squad. He's in like the cool DC universe with the uh, very cool Ben Affleck Batman and uh, uh, other guys. My brain's smoothing over hearing about yeah. this. You know, I think Ezra Miller's The Flash, kind of a cool all-star cast. Wow, that sounds like almost as good as the 1962 Henry Cavill, of course, is uh, Superman. <laughs> How do you know this much about DC? Um, I don't know. I haven't actually watched any of the movies. You just, you're just big on I Google. Just, I just, I'm big on the Google. The next episode, I'll be tell, I'll be explaining the DC Cinematic Universe to Mitch. I will have to be, be that so 20, drunk for that one. It'll be the 20 hour long podcast. We'll do I'm a gonna, live stream. I'm, I'll just, I'll watch all the movies in front of Mitch but he won't know what's happening I'll be like oh shit Batman and Superman just kissed yeah I'll just be like in another room like oh, that's crazy I'm that's crazy playing Valorant <laughs> alright probably more cringe than be watching all the DC movies it is I, play, I tried to play yesterday it was terrible um, also in that game where he got called a snake charmer a stray dog got onto the field oh this shit. is really this is way more important I promise so in an attempt to catch the guy the entire game stopped like they kicked the ball out of bounds everyone started chasing a dog on the field um, England's uh, like probably their best striker at the time Jimmy Greaves was that end up catching the dog and he did this by getting on all fours and barking oh my god and despite his success the dog would piss all over him oh fuck and this World Cup was in Chile so they gave the dog to Chilean police and they then sold it in an auction uh, Ganesha had the highest bid <laughs> jeez wow that's he, so he has a new pet dog that he a got in the pet game. Dog that was stray that <laughs> pissed all over someone. Yeah, like, he pissed over the opposing team. He's clearly a Brazilian he's dog. Pretty Brazilian. That's so fucking tight. Yeah, the dog's name was B. Shepherd B. Campeos or back to back champion. That's probably way. That's way more tight than um, that guy you're talking about who flew in on a parachute into a <laughs> baseball game. The, I think that might have been his dog. It's all planned. He's. Dude, it's all connected though. Like it all comes around full circle. They're beautifully since his nine. 1962. There is footage of this if you want to pause and watch oh, them chase a dog. Oh shit! Yeah, I gotta right. see this. We're gonna watch this. We'll be right back. All right, so we got this video up now. Look at that! Look at him! All right, so they kick the ball out. Oh, they're pausing the game. <laughs> I like they were still. I like they were going for a while though before they were like, "Hey, right, we gotta stop." Yeah. All right. So the dog is the top of the 18. He looks really cute. I know. He's like a little guy. So the keeper's going first. He's like, nah, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, he went, oh, not so good. Okay, so here's Kuninche, I believe. Yeah, there he is, number seven. He absolutely broken ankles by the dog on Kuninche. And there's Jimmy Greaves. <laughs> he got him. <laughs> Superstar player on all fours tackling a little dog oh and giving God. it to the cops. Incredible stuff. Woo! That was probably, I mean, they lost the game, but I think he gets man of the match he for catching the dog. The That's so tight. I That must have been quite the sight to see, just being like. Just at a game, just like, pretty good game, 3 1, you know, and then dog. <laughs> all of a sudden, just doggy. Then it's like, all right, we gotta turn him over to the police. You know, it's like. Like 144p black and white footage, so it's hard to say, but it looked to be like a little black lab. Perhaps. I know, yeah, it was a really little cute. guy, very cute, well, a young a young lad. Yeah, so despite being the new owner of a really cute dog, uh, Ganesha's personal life was really starting to take a toll on his game and himself. 
Uh, he was drinking a lot more after the success, and he put on quite a bit of weight. He was cut yeah. from the national team for most of uh, 1963. Um, this didn't stop him from really being a womanizer. By now, he had about eight kids with his first wife. Damn. All okay. daughters, notably. Wow. Okay. Little, um, but the Fugu was on tour playing in Sweden, and he came under fire for getting a local girl pregnant. Um, the child didn't know who his parents were, but eventually he figured it out. It was unclear how. And uh, in 2005, he actually flew down to Brazil to meet all of his siblings. Wow. Um, also, well, they must have all been, they would all have been like 40 something. Yeah, yeah, 2005, he was pretty, if, I think the guy said he was, I think the guy was 56 or something like that. Um, Damn. And even more, he also had a girlfriend right by the home stadium, which was a little bit further away from his home in Pagnaggi. Okay. And allegedly, this is also another unsubstantiated claim, um, he had an affair with another woman who was the Gumar of the Brazilian vice president. Wow, that's pretty <laughs> fucking tight. He's like he's like JFK. He's kind of like JFK. He's uh, like, kind of like JFK mixed with like Charlie Chaplin mixed with like a snake uh, charmer. Tra- snake charmer all rolled up in one. That's, also just really good at soccer. He's so good. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, I don't know, maybe he got threatened by the Brazilian vice president for trying to steal his girl. Yeah, probably. Like, that is so cool. Like I mean, I mean, I don't mean to make a Sopranos reference, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I most certainly do. Do you remember that episode where uh, Tony Gomar started dating the state representative? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I was thinking that same <laughs> thing. That's essentially what this was. But uh, much like yeah. Tony going back to Carmela, uh, it all changed around 1964. He would end up uh, dating and marrying the singer samba superstar Elsa Suarez, and she's an incredible story in her own right. She's still making music at the age of 90. Shit, okay, that's pretty uh, tight. She dropped an album in 2015 that's like a noise and like post-punk record with Samba. Oh, that's it, tight. We should, we'll play uh, We'll play us out on that. It's I can't stop listening to it. Like While I was writing, I just kept listening to yeah, it. Right. Um, yeah, so she was an incredible singer, also from the favelas in Rio. It kind of made sense that like two people, similar backgrounds of incredible talent, would kind of, uh, you know, fall in love. Yeah, kind it's of beautiful. vibe, you know. Yeah. Just kind of get nice with it. But, um, you know, Brazil's a very Christian nation. They were hated for this. Damn. Uh, you know, because it was said that, like, maybe she, like, made him leave his first wife. Very controversial in Christianity, of course. Yeah, of course. Don't want to... Can't get a divorce. It's a holy matrimony. Exactly. She was shouted at in the street. They received death threats, and her house was pelted with eggs and tomatoes, she said. Even Ganesha's friends didn't like her much, calling her a witch. Jesus Christ. Bruja, I believe. It's 64, guys. Come on. Get yeah, come over on. Yourself. Times have changed. These are, yeah. Her music's really good. Just, like, get over it. Um, but, you know, for him, they loved each other, and it worked really well. Her, his infidelity seemed to be in check around this time, but he was still drinking a lot. Uh, right when he came back from that incident in Sweden with uh, the affair, uh, he was involved in a hit and run accident in Pagrangi where he ran over his father and he was chased out of town by an angry mob. Jesus Christ. Um, he was he really liked cars. He's not really playing soccer at this point. He's still in playing. His life. He's he, still playing. He's still okay. playing. Um, but he's kicked off the national team. Though. He was just um he was out of shape at the time, so like for like friendlies and like early uh, tournaments. They, so it's like, not even was about his like behavior. It's just no, like, no, you're kind of fat now. Yeah, so like he was still playing. He was still good, but like they cut him for a little bit. But he would come back. Um, but not too long after that incident where he ran over his father, it's unclear why. Why? I, yeah. I wonder. It was he was drunk. He was uh, when the mob caught up to him. It was said he was catatonic and like pretty unresponsive. Um, and not too long after that, he got in another car accident. He was in 
where he would crash 50 miles an hour into an 18-wheeler. He would survive with a pretty badly injured knee, but as would Elsa, his wife, she had some, uh, I think her teeth got knocked out, Ugh. but uh, her mother Maria would die in the accident. Jesus Christ. because of that, uh, his performance on the pitch was also really waning. Yeah. You may, as you may expect. <laughs> that like, checks out. He was like, he just, it's really, it's really crumbling around him, and his legs that were said to cripple him as a boy, and that for some reason made him even better, were really starting to crumble too, because the way they bent, his tibia, which is the, the thigh bone, I believe, Okay. And the femur would grind into each other and break up cartilage in his knees. Ugh. So from like, yeah, no, it was real fun to think about. Yeah. Um. So he was, mo- and then you he don't got any pictures of this stuff. Uh, huh? And unlike, unlike that fucking zombie's fucking foot. No, that fortunately, Kurt had. fortunately, black and white photography. They didn't decide to do it. Which yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's probably for the best. Otherwise, because we'd be probably staring at that picture for like ten more minutes <laughs> yeah. while we're giving commentary, not even about it. No, no, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> um. So his knees were really starting to break up, and he was mostly injured from 1962 on. And he, and really that car accident really kind of sent him in for good. He hung up his boots in 1964. So this time he was pretty depressed, jobless, and thanks to some uh, contract shenanigans from Botafogo, he uh, was pretty broke. Um, because they knew he was pretty like a real humble, simple guy. They yeah. pretty much paid him the minimum they could, despite him being Jesus. unbelievably good. And you know he just he, was like kind of just like whatever. He had no <laughs> he had no financial management. Like at one point, like even the team who was like fucking him over and not paying him, like went to his house and he had like money rotting in like under his couch and shit like that. Like he was really bad at managing his money and he was drunk, so like yeah, didn't go well. Um, Unfortunate. But when he asked for help, he was refused to. He asked the Brazilian Football Commission uh, to help him with a loan to get a new house, and they refused. Jesus. Um, his wife Elsa was really concerned that he was gonna like die. He like he was like getting really close to probably like, killing himself. Um, so they moved to Rome, hoping that would give him a change of pace. Um, didn't really work. He did get a job briefly as a Brazilian coffee ambassador to Italy. Um, there wasn't much on that. I just kind of mentioned that. Like, that wasn't a story. Wow, that sounds... Yeah, I feel like we could go on about that for a while. They're just like... Nah. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, also, like, yeah, the Brazilian Football Commission didn't give him money, but then the people for coffee are like, yeah, you want to, like, just show up at, like, trade shows and be like, we got we got beans. We got beans. Damn. But, yeah, I, um, that didn't really work out. I think uh, he just, like, stopped showing up. Yeah. Um, it was kind of a last-ditch... Uh, Thing to save the relationship, they would uh, have a child and move back to Brazil. As uh, you would, yeah. This would that's be what you do to save your. Yeah, that's a. Um, this would be his eleventh kid at the time. <gasps> oh my god! First son though. First uh, son though. Good for him. We're not counting the other uh, one in Sweden. Yeah, well, he didn't even know about that. Yeah, so uh, that doesn't even count. Yeah, and this kid's name was uh, Manuel Ganesha dos Santos Jr. or Ganeshinha. Okay. The little little bird. The little little bird. Let's go. Um. But he couldn't put the bottle down, and he soon became violent. The two separated, and really sadly, he kind of fell into obscurity for the rest of his life. Um, in 1983, he passed away from liver cirrhosis, caused by drinking, of course. However, upon the news of his death, over two million people convened at the Brazilian National Stadium, the Estadio Maracanã, to mourn his death. Um, Damn. In the capital city of Brasilia, there's a stadium named after him, and... In the national stadium, um, the home locker rooms are named after him, and the away ones are named after Pelé. So even though, so I know this doesn't sound like a happy ending. That was pretty grim. Ten minutes right there. Yeah, that's. But um, rough. the reason, aside from being an incredible player, he really uh, there was something very like human about him, and something that really like resonated with Brazilians when he died in 1982. Um, 
Jose Sergio of the Rio's National University said there was a national sense of guilt, stating, when someone dies, you take stock of all the person's life. Ganesha was identified with the public. He never lost his popular roots. He was also exploited by football, so he was a symbol of the majority of Brazilians who are also exploited and flawed. So in short, he was like the reflection of themselves. Yeah. Like they could watch Pele. He was incredible. He's he passed away recently, and uh, he was kind of squeaky clean excellence. They called him the king, whereas you know Ganesha was the god of the people. He's kind of the like, people's yeah. joy. He's kind of like the dark prince. Yeah, like. he's and like he really succeeded in spite of himself. He should have never been able to play. He should have never succeeded. Yeah, he kind of, and he just did it anyway. Yeah, just overcame the odds. <laughs> um, that uh, I found him. Oh, I have one really important note I totally forgot to tell you about. Um, this is another unsubstantiated claim before we close out. That um, I did a lot of research trying to find this. My dad told me this, so it's probably not true, but it might be. Um, during that same World Cup, it was said that he had no idea who he was playing into the, every game. And like they so like they'd be playing like Hungary, who like the best team. Like Frank Puskas is one of the greatest like goal scorers of the '60s, and he would just be like, "Oh, those guys good," and then everyone would just like yell at him, like, "Yeah, we gotta be serious." It's like, "Oh, Oh, that's so tight." (laughs) I almost forgot that, and I, I I hope that's true. That's probably true. It's probably like like, I mean, if you think about it, like he said he had sex with a goat. He has eleven kids. He like like was probably like. He was pretty plastered un- out of his mind. Yeah, like, he's probably like, when he's probably, not on the field. Probably yeah. also on the field the way he would just absolutely destroy people. Like there was another story of him being on the goal line and turning around and dribbling around the keeper a few oh times. My God, that's so tight. In though. a World Cup like, game, like high pressure. Oh, that's like that just rules. <laughs> he's so good. That's just like that level of just confidence. He's and so just pure, just like just pure talent, machismo. Yeah, you know. You know yeah, I think that's just, I think that's kind of just something that really resonated with the people there. Like he's just so confident, so cool, really fucked, getting fucking dicked over, really like, getting screwed over, and he's a really fucked up guy. But like he, it really is like just kind of a nature of his surroundings. Like he, pro- he had no chance, and he succeeded for no reason. Yeah, and, and like, it's incredible. And not to mention that he probably died just because of fucking big football yeah just like, like, he like they could have him over they like, could have helped him out i mean like he won like two world cups for them like he was like incredible he if they had like given him the help he needed you know he probably wouldn't have had to have just like <laughs> moved to rome for moved a to while rome and, and like, then like die like penniless and like unknown yeah like it's really it's a really like tragic story of like i mean how a lot of people are treated in brazil it's really messed up but um I think I'll finish off with a quote from The Brazilian Way of Life by Alex Beos, which was a huge source of info for this episode. He had a really, he kind of wrapped it up beautifully with, uh, while Brazilians put Pelé on a pedestal, they don't see him and love him the way they love Ganesha. It is more the fact that tragic figures are naturally more appealing since they're more human. This probably helped, but also Pelé doesn't reflect national desires. Pelé, above everything else, symbolizes winning, while Ganesha symbolizes playing for the sake of playing. Brazil is not a country of winners. It's a country of people who like to have fun. Which is just like... That's... That's kind of beautiful. Kind of nice, yeah. That's... So, so I hope this was a little bit more fun than the last one. This was one. a lot more fun. I liked watching Doggy on the field, the do- you know? There's dogs on the field, you know? Yeah, had his ups and downs. Definitely a lot more likable of a guy than yeah, like chilling. Well, he did like, bad things. Like, I mean, he was drunk driving and, like, hurt people. But I feel like, you know... He didn't mean it. He probably didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, I mean, just being, like, a product. I'm not trying to be pro-drunk driving here or anything, but, like... Yeah. I don't know. No, it's just, like, yeah, he's just, like, very much just a product of... 
It's the product His of the surrounding. Like, it's just, we live in a society, we, is all. Like, it's true. We do live in a society. So, I mean, and you know, he's kind of just the end product of that. And uh, I think that's all I've got for you today. That's uh, the fun story, more or less, of Ganesha. He's a absolute legend. Absolute legend. The bent legged angel is yeah. probably the greatest nickname collection I've seen. Little bird, bent legged angel, people's Charlie joy. Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. Like, come on. Handsome but, guy. He's yeah. a handsome fellow for well, sure. Look up a picture of him yeah. if you can. Oh yeah, he's a good looking player. And like definitely watch there's some good footage out there if you do want to check out his pretty cool for the fifties dribbling. It's uh he's a real talented player. Duh. So rest in peace, Ganesha. You've uh you're a real legend. Nah, I think that'll do it for this one on Bean Ballers. I know we said we're going to do America's <laughs> pastimes, but, uh, you know, South America you know. counts. <laughs> what do you got um, over there? <laughs> you look up his name, and um, first thing that comes up is his stadium. Yeah. Next thing that comes up is GOAT. Yep. And then there's Historia. Yep, History. Biographia. And Funeral. And then this one's my favorite. It's just Skills. He's got. Oh yeah! If you want to watch skills, um, that's a real uh, soccer thing. Uh, if you just want to watch videos of people dribbling, you'll just be like, "Oh, Luis Figo with skills." Okay, I skills like that. and tricks. Um, so I remember my brother and I briefly thinking about doing a uh, YouTube skills and tricks video, oh, just that's like tight. compilations with like terrible EDM over the background. We're like, they get like, crazy views. I mean, it's never too late, though. You know, that'll be our side project. But uh, I think this was uh, a pretty good one. Hopefully, a little bit more upbeat. I'm not sure what we're going to do next, but uh, I'm going to start thinking of something fun. Yeah, who knows? Maybe I'll do it. I'll probably do an episode at some point. About, you know, probably won't be uh, the, you know, sports as in like an athletical stance, but, you know, keep it kind of in a competitive realm, you yeah. know? I mean, it could be esports. Esports. I was thinking esports. I was thinking about esports. I was also thinking maybe... Um, Oh, I lost my train of thought. I don't... <laughs> oh, my drone. Oh, my drone. I don't know. Maybe, I was, do maybe I'll just do The Bachelor. The Bat... I've, I'm not... Actually, I haven't seen any of The Bachelor, but maybe I'll binge watch a couple seasons of The Bachelor. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> you know, you can gamble on The Bachelor, so I mean, it's not a bad idea. Ooh, that's basically what's... As long, I think that's what kind of what dictates what we're going to talk about on this show is if you can gamble on it. Oh, sweet. So we can talk about movies. You can bet on the Oscars. You can bet on the Oscars. Hard lock for... Uh, Uncut Gems winning, even though it didn't win last it's year, but they're gonna, they're gonna put it in for 2021. I oh, like it, I, I feel it. They're gonna retroactively give Adam Sandler the Oscar. Oh, he's baby. gonna get that. You see any of the Golden Globe runner-ups? Hell no. Netflix has got a lot of movies and shows on the Golden Globes. Well, it's cheating. There's no movie theaters. I know. Also, this is kind of weird. I don't think it makes sense, but in one of the categories for it, it's comedy. And slash or musical is one category. Oh, that's what they do that in the Golden Globes. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a terrible. Award. I don't think it makes sense. Like comedies and musicals are not. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. But I guess they're just wearing a lot of good comedies this year. I get no. They always do that. Like that's like a Golden Globes thing. Which I don't really get. I mean, is there enough? I guess there's not enough musicals every year to like give them a category. But they just really love like Fiddler on the Roof or something. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it checks out to me. All right. Well. <laughs> Stay tuned. Next episode, we'll talk about the politics of the Golden Globes. Oh, it's going to be um, great. I'll tell Mitch my top Golden Globe picks for this year. We're going to see who has the hotter not looks. Who has the hotter not looks. And, um, yeah, you know, stay tuned. 
Sweet. You, right. have, you have been listening to Bean Ballers. All right. Catch you next time, y'all. Agora é porão, tira de cima de mim Esse pedaço de pedra Me dá um abraço que o chão Se abre debaixo de nós E até o coxo tropeça Bem que o palhaço falou Que o lá...